Okay, we're starting with Hashem Daf Pevav. We will begin at the <coughs> last skinny line on Peheyam Beis, which is about six lines up from the bottom. And we were discussing the Mishnah, if you recall, a couple days ago, had brought down that uh, what happens if a person dies and leaves over an Isha, Baal and Yarshim. Okay, and so we discussed now a bunch of different dinim in regards to Baal Yarshim, Yisaitis, a lot of case law. Um, that would be Negei many different um, you say this throughout Shas different stories that came up um, so now we're going to have a couple other ones that are going to be Negei to specifically Shtar Chayv and some interesting um, stories and um, some interesting stories but they're very much continuing on the same idea so now Amar Le Rava Lebrei de Rav Bar Oven so Rava said to the son of Rav Bar Oven Tav Eimalach Come, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, let me tell you some things, some nice things that your father had sent, some nice dinim. Hadar mar Shmuel, he said it b'shem Shmuel. So let's say you have a shtar chayv. So a person is a, it's malva leva. The malva goes ahead and he sells his shtar chayv to somebody else. So now, right, the, the malva, the lender, sells it. And then goes ahead and is meichel v'chayv. So then, machel. It is machel. Okay, basically he's messing over the loyve. I'm sorry, he's messing over the buyer. The they don't change the name and they give it over. Like, so we're going to discuss. That's an etza. Then we're going to say at the end that if, you, if you're smart, you give the guy loyve a few dollars to reassign the star. But in the meantime, the standard star, the, the lender goes ahead and sells the star. The buyer is holding the star, the piece of, po- the piece of paper. Right, however... Um, the, the lender goes ahead and forgives it, it's going to be machel. And we'll discuss why in, in a second over here. Not only the lender himself, but whoever was Yerish him as well. Okay, but so that's true when it comes to a lender and a borrower, but however, if a woman, let's say before she got married, had a shtarchayv, and she brought that into the marriage, so she brought it into the marriage as nechsei mulav, it's a loan that she had, right? It's an asset. And now she brought it in and, she's, and she is now trusting Michael while she's married. Sheena Michael, that actually doesn't work. Why? Because, and we've seen this idea before, the Nech at least according to one Shita, right? We said Yada, Ki Yada, Yada, Edifim Yada. But we see this idea that the Baal, through his, um, through his ability to have Paris on the Nech so he has some sort of uh, Kenyan on it as well. In other words, even though it's a Zchus Paris, we gave it some sort of Kenyan, and therefore we treat Nechsei Milog Yada Ki Yada. Basically, he has Bailus, and when you have something that's subject to Bailus of two people, one person can't go ahead and be Michael. Now, what's going on over here? How could it be that when you sell a star, that the seller, the, the, the lender, is selling? I mean, this happens all the time, right? Banks sell, right? We, this, <coughs> 2008 financial crisis. Right? So like, right, everybody's selling, the loans are being sold, they're resold, you get a mortgage, it's resold. So you're selling the loan, and yet, how could it be in halacha that you um, have still have the ability to be meichel the loan, and basically you're undermining whatever you just sold? So Taisus says over here, and a lot of Rishonim, many Rishonim bring down that the reason is, is because really, make right in, you can't sell a star. Midor Raisa, you can't sell a star. It's only Midor Abanon. Okay, and therefore, so it's not really a mechira, okay, and therefore you still retain the ability. You obviously have some sort of bylaws on it. So um, one of the one of the, uh, 
so one of the questions they ask is that according to the Beit Tam somewhere else, it says that you could sell a chayv midaraisa, shtaraisa midaraisa, and here Taisus is saying you can't sell midaraisa. And the way they explain it is if you look at the loan, just to explain a little bit of some one side of what the lundus could be, is when you look at a loan, there's really two things going on. There's a shibara guf, right? When, you, when, you, when the loiva borrows money, so he gives to the malvan two things, a shibara guf, right? The ability to collect from him in his person, and also the shibun nechassim, that if the loiva doesn't have money, that you can go down to his nechassim and collect it. So you have a lien within the loan document. So it really in, in, encompasses two things. Now, midar raisa, the way that they answer Shita Sermon and Tantasis holds, that the Shiba Nechassim you could sell, but the Shiba Aguf you can't really sell. Okay? Meaning the Shiba Aguf stays by the Malva, Midar Raisa. Midar they went ahead and said that in order with the life, the problem is I now go pay the buyer of the contract who only has the Shiba Nechassim Midar Raisa, right? And the, the way the Shiba Nechassim they explain it functions is like a backup Shiba. In other words, really, it's the Icar is the Shiba Aguf. I borrow money from you, so I have to pay you, you have a Shibar Aguf to come to be Tevea, me the money. Now, if I don't have, as a backup, you go to my, my property to collect, okay? So the, the way, they, like I said, the way they explain according to Taisus is that Midar Raisa, the Shibar Nechassim, the backup one could be sold, but the primary one, the Shibar Aguf, can't be sold Midar Raisa. Elamai Midar Abanon, they went ahead and assigned it because what's going to happen? The Leva goes to pay back the loan to the new owner of the Shtar, and now he, set, he, set, he satisfied the backup lien, but what, what happened to the original Malva? So what they said was that you can pay, we'll call it a sale, so you could pay, so we can forgive the lien. When the Leva actually goes and pays the new owner of the star, it settles the matter in, in its entirety. Aye, right, but what's happening over here? Midaraisa, so since Midaraisa, the, um, own, the, the original lender of the star still has, because he owns the star and it was written in a Shibbat HaGuf, so since he still has that, he can be Meichel Shiba Aguf. If he's Meichel Shiba Aguf, then the Shiba Nechassim he sold also falls off. Why? Because it was only a backup. It was coming Mikayach. Number the primary was the Shiba Aguf, the ability to collect the money from the Leva himself. Now it fell away, and that's a, a way of a way of explaining. Obviously, it's a, a very complex figure, but it's a, a way of explaining the lumbus of how just how it could work over here. Now we have a story. Kravte. Rev Nachman. So there were Kravim of Rev Nachman, Zvinta Luxubasa. So the wife sold her Ksuba Bitaivasano. We've had this idea before that any Ksuba is only going to become collectible if the husband divorces her or the husband dies before she does. But if she dies first, then what happens? If she dies first, so then if, if she dies first, then it's uh, then the husband yarshins her. So if the woman needs to raise money, she sells her ksuba. So it's called v'tayvasana because there's no guarantee. So you're taking pennies on the dollar. It's a risky proposition whether she's going to realize a ksuba. And if she would realize a ksuba, then instead of it going to her yarshim, um, oh, I'm sorry, it's, it's a, it, then instead of her getting it, it would go to the person she sold it to. So now, you had the creditor of Nachman that sold her ksuba v'tayvasana, igrisha, so the husband went ahead and divorced her. Okay, so he, he divorced her. So now she became the whoever bought her taiva sanah, the ksuba is now in the money, right? He scored well on his bet, right? You would think, because he got divorced, so now he's going to recognize the ksuba. He paid pennies on the dollar, and now he's going to recognize the ksuba. Vishcheva. Okay, now, but what happened was before she could collect her ksuba, she died. So, asu katavala labarta. So they came to be Tevea, the daughter. The Lekuchas came to be Tevea, the daughter. And the way Rashi explains it is the daughter is Davka, meaning what they were coming is to supersede the daughter. They were coming to be Tevea, who? The husband. Who would be paying the ksuba? The husband. So this woman left over a daughter. 
we're going to go with the assumption that right, the leftover daughter. Now, the person who bought the ksuva from her mother, because she got divorced, and the ksuva was recognized, goes to, goes to her father or to the old husband, to her ex-husband, to get the ksuba. Amar lehu Rav Nachman. So Rav Nachman, basically, and essentially, this poor young girl is not going to have anything. Okay, because her mother's ksuba is going to go somewhere else. So, Amar lehu Rav Nachman, leka de lizba there's nobody that can give her an Eitzah. It's like, okay, I'll give the Eitzah. Tachol v'tichla l'ksubasa, the ima. Now, the way, the way uh, Rashi explains it is that the father is still alive. Okay? The, that the father is still alive. And like I said, when we said that they're coming to be Teveya, the daughter, it's not really the daughter, it's coming to be Teveya to push the daughter aside, Teveya the father. Now, Tezol v'tichla l'ksubasa. So Nachman said, here's the following Eitzah. What you should do is you should be meichol v'ksuba di ima, so she, because she yarshins her mother, because they were divorced first, she's the only daughter, so she yarshins her mother, since they were divorced, she would yarshin her mother. Now what we said was a, a, a loive, the malve, right, not only if the malve sells the, the, the loan, not just the malve can forgive the shibud and mess over the buyer, but also yarshin. So what she should do is now tezel v'tichel l'ksuba. So she's a yerish of this loan. The ksuba is essentially a loan document that was sold. Same case. So she should go ahead and sell b'meichel ksuba di'ima l'gabi avua, but only b'meichel it in regards to the father. Okay, and now v'tirsam mine, and now she will go ahead and be yerish it. Okay, and so that was the way, within Rashi, that's the way we explain it. There are other Rishonim that explain that, um, the Rush explains that, no, what happened was the father died also, and this is the only surviving daughter. So now what's going to happen, and if you work it that way, the Nafkamina, they say, is whether or not you can actually be Michael for yourself to benefit yourself, or you're Michael to somebody else. But the, and that's a whole sugya. But right over here, so if we, if we go with the Rush's version, meaning that the father died, so now this is the only daughter of the mother and the father. The mother sold her ksuba, the mother sold a ksuba, and the daughter Yarshin this ksuba, and also is the only surviving Yerish. And then the Tavale Labarta is actually her. So she, right, so they came to her because she has, she has her, her father, she's the only surviving Yerish, so she would inherit her father, so she's the one holding on to her father's estate. So essentially they're coming to be taking the money from her, and Rav Nachman says, well, one second, can't we help her out? She has, yes, I understand that Mikhaif the father has to pay the ksuba. And since the mother sold the ksuba, so since the mother sold the ksuba, so they can be tevered from her because she's holding on to Mikhaif the father and the mother, right? She's getting the ability to yerish from both sides, the father and the mother. So now what we're saying is the Eitzah is let her go be Michael, the mother's. The mother's, uh, the, the, let, her, let her go be Michael, Tezel Vatichel, the ksubasa, the ima, let her be Michael, the ksuba of the mother to the father. Okay, and now the father doesn't have to pay the ksuva. Okay, so now he messed over the leva, and now she's going to get the money anyways. You know why? Because she was Yerush, her father who passed away. So she'd end up with the money anyway. She's still alive, then she'll have to wait till he dies. So if she's still, if the father is still alive, then she would have to wait till he, yeah, wait till he dies. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't work with the father being alive. Just when eventually, I guess eventually if the father dies, you would get it. So... As uh, Moshe pointed out. Okay. So, Azla Achilta, Amar Rav Nachman, Asinu Atzminu Ke'archei Adonim. So, right, so he messed over, 
We made ourselves Archeidanim. We've seen this Lashem before when we came to Kravte de Rev Yechanan. We've had a similar story. We messed over, right? We, we, we manipulated the din legitimately, a loophole, but we found the loophole for our own, for our own uh, flesh and blood. Right, meikara my savar lebesayf my savar. So it sounds like he had charata meikara meikara savar ubesarecha leitisalin. Originally, he held that when when your kravim come ubesarecha, that's your kravim come. They need help. Don't look away. You got to help them out. Ulebesayf savar adam chashiv shiny. Though you can't employ loopholes because others will others will use it and not necessarily for kravim. The way Rashi is mashma adam chashiv shiny lefishel lemeidin heimenu v'yeshi yasu afshle the kravim. It sounds like. It's totally okay to use a loophole for Krevim if the situation calls for it. But the problem is, is that once we expose this loophole, everyone's going to use it, and not just in a situation, you know, to help out Krevim or a situation that requires it, but they're going to use it to cheat the other side. Now, Gufa. So, Amar Shmua, so let's say, again, we said this is the same case where we just quoted B'Shem Shmuel. It was told over in a story where Rava said to the son of Rav Chia that I'll tell it to you B'Shem Shmuel, but it's really came B'Shem Shmuel, and that is that if the, um, if the lender sells the shtar and then is meichel it, so then it's machel, messes over the buyer. V'afilu yarish meichel. Amar Rav, huna b'reidu Rav Yeshua, v'ipikeach, now we get to Itzik's uh, eights over here, v'ipikeach hu, if the buyer is smart, if he wants to protect his purchase, buy a little bit, right? Purchase protection insurance. So what does he do? Mikrash kesh le zuzi, right? It means like you wave, you wave a few zuzim to the leva and say, by the way, you owe the money anyway. So just, how about, let's just rewrite a new star for me. Okay? Mikrash kesh le zuzi, v'kasav le star And you write a new star, which avoids the ability, it, re, it redoes all the shibudim, it's a new star halva, and therefore, right, the, um, and therefore the buyer is now protected. Yes. Amar Ameymar. Man didai. Now, except this whole thing seems to be the way we're going to learn this now. There's a, it is, we know that there's such, such a concept called grama, right? You can cause grama. Grama is a low level. You cause something to happen. There's a level when it comes to hezek that's in between grama. And grama, you're not going to be chayev. But there's something called garmi, which means like it was... It wasn't exact, right? I didn't, take your, I didn't take your object and smash it. I didn't cause you the loss via daim, but I undermined it and caused you the loss. There's a few examples of that. One of that is if, if I burn your star. Okay, if I burn your star chayv, so all I did was burn a piece of paper. I don't know. I didn't cause it. But obviously the star held within it a loan. So you, now, because I no longer have the star, I can't collect my loan. So you cause me damage. That's a lot of what we call, it's one of the examples of garmi. Uh, the Gemara in the Gemara in um, in Baba Kama, There's a few other ones. Okay, there's a couple other ones in regards to climb. There's a few other examples that the Gemara gives in Baba Kama, but that is one example. So now, what you did right over here is tantamount the same thing to burning the star, essentially, right? I mean, you you undermined and you caused them a loss, even though you didn't really do anything. I didn't smash your stuff, right? All I did was I undermined it. So now, Amar Amemar, Man didan dina de garmi. So according to the Manda Amar that holds of Garmi, now there's a machlekes whether or not Garmi you're going to be chayiv. So Manda don dina de Garmi migababe demeshtar ma'alya. So yes, the he sold it, okay, but the Malva now has to go ahead and because he undermined it, he has to go ahead and pay. Yes, migabele shtar demeshtar ma'alya. Manda loy don dina de Garmi. So then all he's got to pay for by undermining him is. <clears throat> he just has to pay him for the paper that he messed up. He messed up his paper. 
Okay, so that, again, for the example of where you burn a shtar chayv, that would be a more uh, relevant example. So, hava uvda v'kafya ra from the ravashi v'agbebe kishara l'tzlami. Okay, there was a story where, again, this happened, he undermined the loan, and they Rafram forced Ravashi, okay, and, um, and they, they made him pay Kishura Litzalme. Okay, that's a Lushan of a, Rashi says, Gibui Gummer. Full collection, 100% payment. Now, um, just one thing over here. So, Rav Nachman, if we go back, right, so now we had Kravtid Rav Nachman, we had the story, right? He said, what's, what's going to happen? Okay, here's the eight, so go ahead, have the daughter be Meichalit. Had the daughter be Meichel the Ksubas Imon the Av, and we essentially pulled out the, we messed over the buyer of the mother's Ksuba. Right? So the question is, um, according, and Rav Nachman, and, and Tysus actually brings this, Rav Nachman holds, he is the Indian Degami. So according to him, what'd you gain? If you have to, anyways, reimburse, what'd you gain? So the answer is, they say that there's two answers. Either Katana, we're talking about a Katana over here who doesn't have to pay for Gami. Okay, that's one answer. Second answer he gives is that if you look at it, what are you reimbursing? There's a difference. There's the value of the ksuba and there's the value the toivas hana, somebody paid. You're only reimbursing what the buyer lost out. So you are still messing him over. He took a gamble, right? Let's say he paid $10 for a ksuba that was worth $100 because he didn't know if it would actually, the ksuba would be realized like any. We said betoivas hana. So all you have to reimburse is the $10 that he paid for the gamble. You don't have to, what did he save? He saved the other $90 that would have been in the Ksuba if he would have recognized the Ksuba. So it does actually accomplish something, says Tysus, and therefore, even though if you hold Dina Dagarmi, what we see here is what you have to pay for is the Hezek that you caused the guy, not the opportunistic Hezek. Meaning, so in this case, when it comes to Garmi, what that means is that a guy bought a star. You only have to pay him for the amount he paid for the star, not for the, when you burn the document, not for the amount that's in the loan document, in this case, Okay. So let's say a person owes the following thing. He owes a ksuba and he owes somebody money as a balchayv. Somebody lent him money. So this would be standard practice. He has a piece of land and he has money. So who gets to get what? You pay the balchayv with money. And as we've had before many times with ksubas, what do you pay an isha with? You pay her with land. So again, that's nice and simple. Okay, he's got money, he's got land. You pay your chayv with money and you pay your ksubah with land. Now, Rashi says over here that even the nechsei tzayin barzel, right, which essentially is like a sale, right? How does nechsei tzayin barzel work? That's the ones where you agree, you do a shuma, you agree on the value ahead of time, you write it into the ksuba, and the value is locked in. Okay, the husband doesn't get, the husband, it basically is like a purchase. The husband uses it. And at the end, he essentially rebuys it with the ksuba. So Rashi says, even the nichsei tzayin barzel, which should have been a monetary financial, uh, uh, a monetary transaction, is also gets collected from the karka. It goes along with the rest of the ksuba, the hainu, the ikr ksuba, and the tesefes ksuba. Other rishonim argue, they say that no, this is only talking about the ikr ksuba and the tesefes ksuba, but the nichsei tzayin barzel, which is transactional, it's like a buy and a sale, so that you would actually get from the zuzi. But now, in our case, so hi kidina, right? But hi kidina, again, we would follow the normal balchayv, and Ksubas Isha, the Baal gets paid money. He has money, he gets paid Ara. The Eloi, Ika Elachad Ara. Now, what happens if he only has, <clears throat> he only has one piece of land? That's all he's got. So he's only got enough to pay. He's got one piece of land. He owes Ksubas Isha $100. He owes Baal $100. He has a piece of land for $100. So who does he pay first? That's the question. So 
the Baal says the Gemara, we give it to the Baal and not the Isha. My time, why? Because Yosemimasha Ish writes Elisa, Isha writes Elinase. Because more than a man wants to get, okay, get married, the woman wants to get married, and therefore, um, what we're saying is when you have, you have to pit the two, who do I pay back first? We know that there's a concept called we, we need to have uh, efficient free flowing of capital okay, in order for society to exist. Okay, you can't just hike interest rates to 27%. All right, we need to have free flowing capital. Banks need to be able to lend money. And that is how uh, economies work. Now, um, and therefore that's going to take precedent. And anyway, the woman... <laughs> She's okay, you know, she wants to get married. And if like at the end of the day, if you mess over, the way we look at it is like, if you mess over the woman this one time, the woman will still get married. But if you mess over, if you, if you start messing over lenders, people aren't going to loan money and that's a major problem. Because you hate to measure. Now, however, what the problem is, and this is how it's this problem as well, that we just had, we said that takes precedent. We had it on Daf Pei two days ago. So what's going on? Well, which one is it? Which one? Is it? And so Tesis, and we kind of spoke it out over there. That it depends. Over there, we're talking about what happened. There was a case of Misa. When the husband died, the husband dies. So the loyve doesn't think a lender, sorry, the malva, the lender doesn't think what happens if the loyve dies. It's not on his mind. What happens if there's not enough land and you give it to the woman? Well, then I'm going to be angry, right? Now you supersede me. But what happens if the loyve dies? That's a, I'm not going to... I'm not, we're not going to, people aren't going to stop lending money because this guy died and we weren't able to collect the money. So over there, when there's a death, we gave precedence to the woman. Why? Because the woman, what's the whole purpose of the ksuba? When does she collect it? If the husband dies or divorces her. So it's very much on her mind. What happens if the husband dies? I want to make sure that I'm going to get it. So then it's a mishamachina. So if we start saying when the, in a situation where the husband dies, so then that's the difference. So really these two svaras are opposing svaras. On the one hand, the woman has one thing, mishimachina, we shouldn't mess her over so that women won't want to get married. And over here, don't mess over the lender so people want to lend money and we need that. And we say, so it depends on the situation. Really, when they go head to head, shaloi tinodelis wins out. That's what we see from our sugya. In a normal, regular situation, I over there, why did the woman win out? Because the, the malva, nobody's thinking, that um, nobody's thinking like, oh my gosh, I, the guy died and I got messed over. I'm not going to lend money anymore. No, I'm going to lend money. We don't assume that people are just going to die on them. Next. So Rav Papa said to Rav Chama that like, I heard, I heard, is it true that they said Mishmei Derava? Somebody borrows money. The Islay Arab, let's say he has money. The Okay, he has land, and the Balchayv comes, the Malva, the lender comes to collect it. So the guy says, I don't have money. Take, take the land, take from the land. Is it true that you said that? That you required the Leva, the borrower, to sell the land? Meaning like this. The standard way that it works is the Baal comes to collect Ishtar. If the Leva has money, he pays money. If the Leva doesn't have money, well then you go to, like we said, backup Shebut is on the Nechassim, the Karkais. Right? So you go ahead and you, you take his land. So what, what happened over here, I heard that you said B'Shem Rava, that you know what happened? He went ahead and you made the Leva sell the land, turn it into cash, and then pay the loan. That's not the way it's supposed to work. If he, if he has money, you collect money. The, the, the lender collects money. If he doesn't have money, 
then you just take the land. And then it's, it's on the Malva to sell the land. That's the way it's supposed to work. So what are you talking about? I heard that you said, B'Shem Rava, that we're going to require the Levi to sell the land. Amale, he says, look. He says, no, I didn't say that. Emily gufta the of the hechihavi. So then tell me what you did say, because I heard, right? This is how the word came down. I heard it on the word on the street is that you required the borrower, when he doesn't have money, to sell his land to pay the cash. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. So Now, this is a very specific story. And what happened was he said he didn't have money. The guy said, yeah, okay, I know you walked up to my house and you saw a million dollars on the table. Ah, that belongs to a guy. That belongs to somebody else. It's not my money. And therefore, he was trying to get out of having to pay with cash and saying that it's not his money. So therefore, who also shall like a hagen? He did something that wasn't proper. So therefore, we paid him back shall like a hagen. Now, Frechtaisus, what do you mean shall like a hagen? If, if he did shall like a hagen, then what Bezdin did to him is perfectly righteous. If he was bestowing his money with somebody else, so what Bezdin did to him is totally righteous. So what are you saying that it's, that it's, uh, it's shall like a hagen? So... <clears throat> the way Tyson explains it is, is what happened was like this. The guy had money when we came to collect the cash on the table. He said the money belonged to a guy. We found out it wasn't true. We came back to him and said, okay, mister, sorry, we're not taking money from the land. It's not true. That money was yours. He says, okay, fine, it was, but now I don't have it anymore. So at this point, we really should be Gaiva Karka because he really doesn't have the money anymore. Lamaisa, he spent the money, is gone. However, so us, because he did Shalai Kahigan originally, so then at the end, when it comes down to it, we're going to also, we're going to do for him Shalai Kahigan. That's the way Tysus explains it. The other Rishonim that explain it differently, that it's talking about a case where we don't have proof that the money, we can't call him out on it, but we suspect, okay? The guy's saying he doesn't have any money. He's walking around buying a new fancy car every single day. He's saying, no, 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 no. the money that you saw belongs to somebody else. And it sounds like he makes it like he claims he doesn't have money, but obviously the guy is living large. So he's got to have some cash. So we don't have proof that he has money. And therefore, it shall like Kahagin, because even though we don't have proof that the money is his, still, we're going to go based on the, the shemets of it. Okay, if he's a man about town, seemingly with a lot of money, we're going to go based on that assumption and we're going to do, and that's why it's considered Shalika Hagen. Okay, I'm going to have Rav Papa. So there is a, there is a machlekes as to the why, but the what is not a machlekes. In Mesechtas Erechin, the Gemara says that Bezdin does not go to the Nechse Yesayimim, Kitanim, you don't go to collect the chayv of their father. If their father, okay, if, 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 if the, um, so if the father borrowed money, so you don't go ahead, the father of the assignment, Bez is not going to go and, and be Tevea the money on behalf from the assignment. Why not? So we have two different reasons. Either because one mandamar says it's because of Shash, then maybe the father actually paid it, and we just don't know about it. And the other mandamar, whose Rav Papa says, you know why? Because Priyas Baal Chayv is a mitzvah. That's why. And Yisayimim don't have a chiv, they're katanim, they don't have a chiv to do the mitzvah. So therefore, they don't have to go ahead and we're not going to go ahead and enforce the repayment of their father's debts. So now, according to your shita, that it's only a mitzvah. So where is the mitzvah? What's the pasuk? If it's a mitzvah, where's the pasuk? According to Rav Papa. So Rashi says, it's, we, we darshan, that it says, mitzvah alav dvarav, and to fulfill your word, because the pasuk says, hin sedek, right? It's talking about weights. Hin sedek. hein shelchat sedek, velav shelchat sedek. When you say you're going to do something, you got to do it. And when you say you're not going to do something, you, know, you, you don't do it. So the fact that you took a loan and you said you were going to pay it back, we're darshing the word hin sedek that you have to be ma'ames, your words, you have to go ahead and fulfill what you said. You took a loan, you said you were going to pay back, you got to pay back. Good. Okay, so 
Let's say, but now on this side, according to your Papa that holds, that to pay back a loan, that's a mitzvah. What happens if a person says, I don't want to pay back the loan. I'm not interested in doing a mitzvah. So say, I don't want to do a mitzvah. So then my, what do we do to him? So Amr Lay, so he responded, so Rav Papa responded, Tanina, Bamed, Varma Murim. And now we're talking about for a lav. If you're over a lav, you're going to get 39 malkus. When do you get that? When do we say that? That's been mitzvah sleisa say. Oh, mitzvah sase, kigoin sho oimim le ase sukkah ve'ena oisa, lula ve'ena oisa. Okay, we tell him to go ahead and build a sukkah or to buy a lula and he doesn't want to do it. Makin oisa ashitetse nafshai. Then, okay, that we don't even limit to 39. We give you unlimited until you do it. This is I say we can force you into doing it. When it's punitive, we're giving you a penalty, then it's 39. But when we actually want you to go ahead and do a mitzvah, then we're going to mock it out. We're going to mock it out. Let's say we have a story where the woman, the man gives the wife a get. However, he says, I don't want the get to take effect until 30 days. And he puts it in Sidi Rishis Haram. Now, we've discussed the status of Sidi Rishis Harabin. In certain Inyanim, it has a din of Rishis Harabin. Okay, so now the problem is that when the man gives the get, he needs to give it to her. So he goes ahead and he puts the get in Sidi Rishis Harabin. Okay, Mahu. <clears throat> and it stays there for 30 days. Meaning, it never came into her rishos. It's sitting in the tzidah rishos harabim, is the way Rashi explains it. So now, mahu. Okay, do we say that the get is chal or not? So Amrle ain't a megureshes. So Rav Chista said, not megureshes. Why? That the only way to take to take the item, to take an item, right? If we don't know. How do, we said when it came to Yarshim, this is going back to one of the stories that we had, right? So we said that the, the Balchayv the went ahead and grabbed it. Now, when can they grab it? It's only, the only sound for them to grab it was if it's sitting in Rosh Hashanah because if it's sitting in some Kenyan zone, then the Yarshim, as soon as the guy died, the Yarshim grabbed it, and we couldn't be Tevei'ah. So over here, we see that what? Rosh Hashanah means that there's no Bailas on it. So over here, it's in the Rosh Hashanah and that's why the Baal Chayv can get it because it, the Yarshim don't have Bailas. So, so, so to over here, if it's sitting in Rosh Hashanah and you need Bailas for the Get Isha, you need it to be within considered her possession. So therefore, it's either Rosh Hashanah, you're going to have a problem with your Get. Okay? And it's not going to be good. It's either Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, Dami. So the Gemara asks on that. We challenge it. What do you mean? Let's look at it like Rabbi Nachman, who says, Mashach Parazu, we had this, okay, on Daf Pei Beis. Mashach Parazu, <clears throat> so let's say a guy tells his friend, make a Kenyan Mishicha on this para, but I don't want the Kenyan to take effect until after 30 days. Even if you're in an Agam, which is in the middle of nowhere, right? You're not in Agam, meaning general land. We're thinking like Tzidi Rosh Sarabim. My love, Hanu Agam, Hanu Tzidi Rosh Sarabim. And yet we said that you are able to make a Kenyan on it. Okay, meaning even after 30 days, even though you're saying me'achshav, right, it's, it, it shouldn't be kind of you after 30 days, that is considered a makam of a Kenyan. So the Gemara says, well, well, they're different. You can't compare the two. I said that Tzidah Rishosh doesn't count, and it's not good enough to be considered her Rishos. I'm going to, it's not good enough to be considered her Rishos, like Ram and Shmuel say. Did, did, she, did she take the get in her hand at all? She never took the get in her hand? No, you don't have to. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to put it. He put it in her hand. It has to be in Rishos. So we're saying Tzidah Rishos Rambam. What is the status of Tzidah Rishos Rambam in regard to this? Why would they react? Okay. 
I mean, Kesa de Aga, he did a Mashiach, so I, I'm not really sure what the, what the, what, what the comparison between the two cases are. Let's say he put, let's say he put it in her hand. Then she was Mikala again, doesn't make a difference where she is. Yeah, but no, by the time, by the time the get, oh, by the time, the, after the 30 days. Yeah. So he put it in her hand, but it's not Chal at the time. So then it needs to be, it needs to be in, in like a Kenyan zone. Okay, Ikeda Ami, second Lashon, Amrle Migureshes. So we would say, right, so again, that one answer he gave is not Migureshes, me the Rav that we see that, uh, see the Rav Shmuel, that it, in order to be able to take possession of it, it needs to be Tsuburam Rachman Rishas Harabim, and so too, which is Rishas Harabim. Ikeda Ami, Amrle Migureshes, me the Rav Nachman. No, it is Migureshes. It is considered like we said in the Agam, right, on the other Tzad. And have the status of an agam, like we're saying, and it is considered a place where the Kenyan can be chal. So now we're going to say, What do you mean? Rav Shmuel said that the only time you can, the Baal can grab it is if it's in Rosh Hashanah. Why? Because then it's not assigned to the Yarshim. So we see that Rosh Hashanah is not. So my answer is, my love, Rosh Hashanah, no. And we've seen this idea before that Rosh Hashanah, even though we call it, you know, for Shabbos purposes and Haitzah, we consider Rosh Hashanah, but when it comes to Kenyan, it is a place that was normal for, for Kenyanim, and therefore we can consider it a place where the Kenyan can be chal. Um, and essentially where the get will be chal. Now, let's just move on quickly. We'll move on to the next. Now, really, the next Mishnah is going to kick off a series of a bunch of Mishnayas that's going to end. And we have to really, I'll give you a warning. You have to keep this, every Mishnah in mind because we're going to come back to reference them all at the end, trying to fit in one cheetah. Okay? So, they're, it's not, they're not, just because it's a new Mishnah, it doesn't end sometimes in our head. We go, okay, new Mishnah, new Sagya, no. New Mishnah, very much here. For the next two and a half block, Okay, it's basically one sugya. There are different mishnayos here, but they um, are all discussing the same theme. Okay, and that theme is that a man, can a man, right? So we know that the woman basically gets to live in his house, gets to eat, she gets certain stuff. Now, right, she, for instance, she's going to be making challah. So can he make her swear, can he make her swear that she didn't take any extra, more than she was entitled to? So the Tanakama holds, Zakta Mishnah, So for normal household work, I can't be mashvia her. However, if I employ my wife as a chenvenis to be my shopkeeper, or I have her handle the household affairs, so not generally, you know, baking challah, but she pays the workers, she pays the gardeners, so she's, she's in charge of the bank accounts. So I decided to put her in charge of the bank accounts, so now with that responsibility, she now has, she obviously could take some, she could pilfer some money on the side, skim some off the top. How would I know? So because you gave her, not for regular wife stuff, but you gave her outsized responsibilities so you can be mashbia her that she didn't take anything extra for herself. However, hareza mashbia calls manchir, so you can be mashbia her whenever she wants. Rabbi Lezer, I remember, says, afilu al pilcha Rabbi Lezer argument says, not just if you gave her control of the bank accounts, you gave her, right, you gave her something where she could skim money, but even for her regular stuff that she has access to, right, she's in the kitchen, she's baking, you have to make sure she didn't take some flour for herself, put it on the side. Okay, so you can be mashbia her for the normal, <laughs> regular wife activities. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get to that, right? That is, that is the discussion, shalom bayis. Very good. So first, but first let's just understand, remember Eliezer said that for regular stuff, we can be mashbia her, so there's two types of shvua. Really, it's a shvua, but there's a concept of a, what's called Gilgal shvua. Okay, so Ibayo Lehu, Rabbi Lezer, Ayide Gilgal, Kamar Lechachilo Kamar. 
Meaning like this. Was Rabbi Eliezer saying, if you appointed your wife as a chenvenis or an apotropos, so essentially you gave her control of the bank account, when you could be mashbiyah on that, you could also add in what's called a Gilgal shvuah, is I'm being mashbiyah on you on X. Once I'm making you make a shvuah, I want you to swear on Y too. Okay? But, that, but maybe Rabbi Lazar holds, I can't actually require a, a regular shvuah on Pilchava Issa. Pilcha is like her spindle, meaning that's her, her yarn work and Issa the dough work, right? So that's a normal household stuff. So maybe the question is, does Rabbi Lazar hold that Rabbi Lazar hold that I can be machayev or a shvuah right from the outset, or is it only a gilgal shvuah? If I can, if I can be mashpia, since I can be mashpia her, the, the Tanakhama and Rabbi Lazar agree, obviously, that if I give her control of the bank accounts, then I could also make her swear on the dough. Once I'm making her swear, and on that too. Promise me you didn't take anything extra. So Tashima, right, we have, let's try to bring a riot from a b'risa. Amru, Rabbi So what Rabbi Lazar said, you can make her swear on regular household stuff. So the Chacham come back and say, the Chum say, one second, nobody can live, it's untenable, nobody can live in that, nobody can live in a box with a snake, okay? Meaning you can't live under that sort of pressure where everything is, right, everything is scrutinized and he can be you at any time. So, and nobody can live under the threat of a constant shvua. Anytime, a shvua, and by the way, we're going to see this, so this will come through the next coming dafim. Shvua is serious stuff, okay? So that, that, that's something to be taken lightly. And there's a lot, like, you gotta, right, you gotta be careful. You didn't take, like, not anything extra? Nothing? Zero? And the husband can be mashpia her? So nobody can live under that sort of pressure where the husband can walk home and get, and get a shua on demand. Okay? And therefore, so, Ella, Well, if she's making a shua anyways, if I give you mashpia her because I gave her control of the bank accounts, because I made her chenvinus or apotropia, so she's making a shua anyways. So that's already gone. So at that point, if you're telling me, then, then what's the, then what's the nafkamina? Meaning, the, what, what's the chiddish in Rebbe Lazar, right, to say that I can make her swear on that? She's making a shvua anyways. So why would the Chacham come back to Rebbe Lazar saying it's untenable? What do you mean? According to, I'm not requiring any more shvuas. All I'm doing is that when I'm making a shvua, I have her add on what she's making the shvua on. She doesn't want to make the shvua on the first thing if she has to include the second thing. No, 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 no. no. We're saying that's, that's off the table. She, he can, and, and the Tanakhama is going to agree to that. Tanakhama is going to agree to that. Keeping in mind the sugya at the end that I said is going to come back all the way here, there will be, we're going to, turn, we're going to learn that there's a Tanakhama who argues on both of them. That even as an apotropis or a chenvenis while they're married, you can't be mashpia. But right now, what we're saying is, if, what we're saying is, if the Tanakhama holds, if it's a chenvenis or apotropia, then you're able to be mashpia her. Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Lazar says, even El Chapepisa, we ask, is it only a gilgul? Can you require nushvus? If they're about to come back and say, So if you're saying it's only gilgul shvus, you're not requiring any additional shvus. So the Gemara says, So no, it's not true. Meaning, even a gilgul shvus, the amrulei kivan de basroi kulehai. Since you're being so exacting with me, no, even I they gilgul shvua, I can't make a shvua on every morsel of flour, and that's also a problem, even if it's a gilgul shvua. So Tashima again, is it when Melazer said we can make her make a shvua on pilcha Issa, Is it I they gilgul or a new shvua? Tashma rishalei pateres ishle min aneder min shvua. Let's say a man did not, meaning he he never issued a waiver on his rights to require his wife to make a shvua. 
Okay, v'hayshiva chenvenis, and he appointed her as a chenvenis, so she mean apetropia, or he made her, made her an apetropia, gave her control of the accounts. She's in charge of paying the gardener. Harezu mashbia kozman sheyirza loy hayshiva chenvenis v'loy mina apetropia ena yachol ashbia. You can't be mashbia her. Now, what does it say? Rabbi Lezer, I'm an afal pisha loy hayshiva chenvenis v'loy mina apetropia harezu mashbia kozman sheyirza. So we see it's clear. That even it's not just Gilgal Shua, even a Shua Meikara, Shein Lucha Isha Shalanasis Apatropia, Sha Achas Bechai Bala, Al Pilcha Val Issa. Anyways, she's in the category of Apatropis because she is overseeing the kitchen. At least that, clutch that, or the yarn room, right? So therefore, she's an apotropist on something. The husband can be mashbiah her. Amrulai, and the Chum said back, Inan Darm Nafshi Bechavifa, Shmamina Lachachila, Shmamina. So we see clearly that according to, we see clearly, clearly that according to Rebel Azar, you can make her make a new shvua from that b'risa. Okay, so, and we will continue there. I uh, will continue there tomorrow. Huh?